Jamie Jonker, PhD, is the Vice President for Sustainability and Scientific Affairs at the National Milk Producers Federation. He has both witnessed and is leading dairy efforts on sustainability, judicious use of antibiotics, and other efforts that show how dairy can be part of solutions to pressing public questions. We are thrilled he has time to speak with Dairy Defined today. Thank you for being here, Jamie. Uh, Alan, it's my pleasure to be here. So just recently, um, you've been involved in some USDA discussion on agriculture and its role in sustainability. Tell us a little bit about what agriculture is talking about at USDA. You know, I think what uh, um, U.S. agriculture is looking at is trying to correct the record for the sustainability of the, of the production systems that we have here in the U.S. How, how, what would you need to correct? You know, I think the perception that, um, um, for example, livestock are causing climate change. Livestock can actually be part of the solution to climate change. Um, and as livestock products, particularly milk and dairy products, are an important part of a, a nutritious and balanced diet for people, um, we need to be part of that solution, and we can be. Uh, for example, just in the last uh, uh, 10 years, we've declined our greenhouse gas intensity by nearly 20%. What does that mean? That means that uh, we have a lower carbon footprint today per gallon of milk production than we did just a decade ago. We have a population that's approaching 10 billion people by 2050, and we have to feed those people. And dairy is going to be, continue to be part of that diet. And so what we need to do is we need to meet the challenges of how do we feed people in 2050. And, and, and I, I think what you're going to see is we're going to build on the great success that we, we've already had in reducing our carbon footprint to that by 2050. I think that at least in, a, in U.S. dairy production, we can be carbon neutral. This would seem like a very big deal to be having this dialogue with USDA and the livestock community and, and agriculture as a whole on sustainability. I mean, what does this say about the evolution of agriculture on some of these issues? And where does dairy fit in that evolution? Well, I, you know, I think the evolution is that we've gone from uh, a luxury of, of, of producing food and products that, that people buy to our customers and consumers having questions about how it's produced. And it's important that U.S. agriculture and, and, and for myself representing the U.S. dairy industry, that we provide the information and transparency that they want on what modern-day production means and looks like. And that means in this case of sustainability, what are we doing now in sustainability? And what are our efforts going to look like in the future to continue driving uh, um, superior environmental outcomes from U.S. dairy production? Should consumers have these questions? I think consumers have a right to have these questions. Um, you know, we, we want to produce food in a responsible manner. We want to produce dairy products in a responsible and environmental and ethically uh, sourced manner. And they need to ask questions. Uh, and we need to be transparent and answer those questions. And I think we have a good story to tell about how we produce dairy products here in the U.S. So let's drill down into a topic you've been doing a lot of work specifically on recently, and, and that's antibiotics. That's another face of, that's another part of con public concern. Um, you see a lot of concern about animal agriculture with the role of of animal antibiotics in contributing to antimicrobial resistance, especially in humans. What is prudent and responsible use of antibiotics, and how does it relate to the problem of antimicrobial resistance? Uh, fantastic question, Alan. You know, I think let's first talk about what is antimicrobial resistance. This is a natural process by which um, bacteria bec can become uh, uh, resistant to uh, an antibiotic that they're exposed to. 
This happens for any, can happen with any antibiotic use, whether it's in humans, pets, or livestock, um, and has happened before antibiotics became commercially available with the development of penicillin almost eight decades ago. So it's a naturally occurring process. But what happens when we use antibiotics in livestock, pets, and humans is that we can drive the resistance patterns that we have. And so what we need to do for prudent and responsible use is make sure that first we're doing everything that we can to keep our animals healthy. However, animals can and do get sick. And when they do get sick, we need to make an informed decision as to whether or not an antibiotic is right to use to treat them. And if an antibiotic use is appropriate, which antibiotic, at what dose, for how long. And this is where the importance of the veterinarian uh, assisting a dairy farmer is so important. I mean, I think anybody who's gone to the doctor in the last 20 years knows it's a lot harder to get an antibiotic prescription than it was, say, half a generation ago. I mean, are you starting to see the same thing happening in the animal agriculture world? Yes, and um, there have been a number of, uh, of regulatory actions that the Food and Drug Administration has taken that has increased the oversight of veterinarians um, in the, in the uh, prescription of antibiotics for disease in animals. And I think that's going to continue. Why do you even use antibiotics in dairy cattle? Well, ultimately, when an animal becomes sick, if an antibiotic is appropriate to bring them back, back to a healthy condition, uh, it has a positive impact on animal health and welfare. And, you know, anytime an animal gets sick, we want to we make them healthy. Anytime a human gets sick, we want to make them healthy. What we need to do in those situations is understand, is an antibiotic necessary? And if it is, which antibiotic, how much, how long do you use it? It's making those informed decisions rather than just saying, I have a cough or my cow or calf has a cough. We're just going to give ourselves or give those animals antibiotics. I think there's a public perception that um, for many, many years in, in animal agriculture, basically you just got the antibiotics, you ground it up in the feed, and you basically put them in there so the animals would get bigger. Was that ever the case? So there, there have been some antibiotics that have been approved for use in feed for what, what FDA calls growth promotion, to, to make the animals bigger. Um, it's not been the case in dairy just because um, we are harvesting a product from our animals every day uh, and, and feeding antibiotics to lactating dairy cows can cause residues in the milk and selling milk with an antibiotic residue is illegal. So what are some of the changing requirements and expectations about antibiotic use domestically, internationally, and from dairy customers? So last year, the Food and Drug Administration released a guidance for for the uh, pharmaceutical industry, which manufactures the antibiotics for use in uh, livestock, um, to take the remaining uh, antibiotics that are available over the counter and move them to prescription status. Um, we anticipate that that's going to happen in about a two-year period. Um, and that's increasing the veterinary oversight in the use of antibiotics. That has to be an issue for some of these farmers who don't have a veterinarian for couple hundred miles. I mean, large animal veterinarians are, are kind of in short supply these days. So we do know that there are some geographic issues with availability of large animal veterinarians, and there's also um, some size issues. Um, larger farms, uh, uh, and there's also some size issues that uh, um, smaller farms, particularly during harder economic times, may not have the ability to afford a veterinarian. But what we've seen through the National Dairy Farm Program, which is Farmers Assuring Responsible Management, uh, through our animal care program, is that 
78% of dairy farms uh, have a veterinary client-patient relationship, meaning they have a relationship with a veterinarian that helps them make uh, animal health decisions on their farm um, at the time when we've conducted an animal care evaluation. That remaining 22% um, get that veterinary client-patient relationship put in place within five and a half months. Uh, so in essence, what we've done with our National Dairy Farm Animal Care Program uh, is to emphasize the importance of that veterinarian being part of that relationship in making animal health decisions on the farm. And while there will still be geographic and some size, uh, uh, some dairy farm size issues with uh, having a uh, veterinarian uh, at some times, um, the industry has embraced the importance of having that relationship. Now, you brought up the, the farm program, and one of your roles is with the National Dairy Farm, and FARM stands for? Farmers Assuring Responsible Management. Program, um, and that is a program that, as you mentioned, has, has dealt a lot with this issue. How does that program specifically address prudent and responsible use of antibiotics? So there, there's multi-layers within the FARM program. We have an animal care program, uh, that looks at uh, uh, health and well-being outcomes in animals. We have an antibiotic stewardship program, which, which looks at reducing both um, uh, residue occurrences, but really reducing, um, uh, I gotta redo that one. And our antibiotic stewardship program, that's kind of an overall program looking at how you use uh, antibiotics on a dairy farm. Um, but some of the things that are, that are buried within those are the specific standards. Um, one is that veterinary client-patient relationship, and uh, that's a cornerstone of our animal care program. It's been the first question uh, that, that is, has been done on our evaluations since our program began more than a decade ago. Uh, and uh, it's, it really reinforces the importance of, of the veterinarian and helping a dairy farm owner or, or, or a dairy herd manager in making animal health decisions, which may include the use of antibiotics. But the other tools that we have in the, the toolbox are the herd health plan. Ultimately, a dairy farmer wants to keep their animals healthy. A healthy animal is a happier animal. Um, they grow better, they milk better, they, they return a, um, um, a, a better income to the dairy farm family so that they can send their children to school, so that they can take vacations, those sorts of things that every family wants to do. Uh, and so that herd health plan developed with the veterinarian is what you do to first prevent disease. But then, if disease or injury happens, making a rapid diagnosis as to what is the cause, and then determining what the best course of treatment may be. Treatment may include an antibiotic, but it may not. For example, if it's a viral um, pneumonia in a calf, antibiotics do nothing to, to uh, cure viral diseases, so an antibiotic wouldn't be used. But if it was a bacterial pneumonia in a calf, an antibiotic may be the right thing to do. So what have you seen in the dairy sector to show farmer commitment to prudent and responsible use? You know, I think uh, one thing is that veterinary client-patient relationship. And I'll go, go back to a stat I gave earlier, which is 78% of dairy farms, when they've had their National Dairy Farm Animal Care Evaluation, have had a veterinary client-patient relationship established, which for our requirements is, is that there is a signed form from the dairy farm owner and the veterinarian that they both agree to work together on animal health on the farm. The other 22% have put that in place in five and a half months. And so we have the entire dairy industry having a VCPR in place. Um, so that's, 
I think, one, one commitment there. Others are looking at, well, what has the dairy farmer and the dairy industry done in terms of residue violations in both milk and in dairy beef over time? Um, since 1996, we've reduced the, um, the number of uh, residues in bulk milk tank. Since 1996, we have reduced um, antibiotic residues in milk trucks by over 90%. We went from a very small number to a very, very small number. And in fact, in 2019, our most uh, recent year of data that was uh, collected um, by the National Milk Drug Residue Database, it's less than one out of every 11,000 tanker trucks. And if there is a residue, that milk is discarded and cannot be used for human use. Now, you were talking earlier in, in the context of sustainability a lot about goals and outcomes and what the world would look like in 2050. In 2050, or even 2030 or 2040, what does antibiotic use on dairy farms look like? You know, I think it's probably going to look a lot different than it does today. Um, you know, some examples of things that are, that are rapidly changing are, are um, interventions that can be made uh, to boost the immune system. So there's a lot of research being done for, for what we would call immunomodulators, things that when an animal gets sick, you help boost their immune system so that you wouldn't need an antibiotic. So is this probiotic instead of antibiotic? In, in a sense, okay. yes, in a sense. You know, immunomodulator, is, you know, not many people would know that. I think probiotic in what you're doing is you're helping to rev up the immune right. system. I mean, I'm Absolutely. just a lot more used to seeing probiotic in the shelf rather than immunomodulator. <laughs> yes. I've not seen that section at CDS quite yet. Um, it's probably coming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, you know, we vaccinate animals for, for diseases, mm -hmm. and vaccines are continually being improved. And improved vaccines um, reduce, the, reduce animals being sick, and when you have fewer animals that are sick, you have less need for the use of antibiotics. And we have changes in the, um, uh, in, in the housing systems that we have on our, on our animals. Uh, our housing systems today look a lot different than they did 50 years ago, and 50 years from now, they're gonna look a lot different than they do today. Um, we're learning more about how we, we um, keep animals healthy through keeping them comfortable, keeping them well-fed, keeping them in uh, what we call their thermal neutral zone or keeping them not too hot, not too cold. And all of these things combined together have reduced the need for the use of antibiotics today and will continue to reduce the need for antibiotics in the future. You know, playing a little bit of devil's advocate on this, you're talking about, you know, making sure that animals aren't hot or cold or um, that they're being well fed. Well, I mean, I hope that's always been the industry goal. I'd hate the implication that animals haven't been treated well in the past. Is this more a matter of advancing understanding on these issues? Uh, yes, it's ab absolutely. You know, we continually have science done by our land-grant universities uh, to help us better understand um, animal health and animal performance. And there, there's continuing advancements there that um, help us refine what our dairy systems look like. And that's going to continue. You know, my parents were, had a dairy farm, my grandparents had a dairy farm, my great-grandparents had a dairy farm. The dairy farm that I grew up on looked a lot different than my great-grandparents' dairy farm. Mm -hmm. Our animals made a lot more milk because we knew a lot more about genetics. Uh, they made a lot more milk because we knew a lot more about how to feed them. They also made a lot more milk because we knew a lot more about how to take care of them, a better, you know, a better housing system for them, keeping them more comfortable, understanding their needs better. And that's just going to continue on into the future. 
So that family history, is that what brought you here today? Part of, part of my reason for, for being an employee at National Milk is, is that connection that I had with, with uh, growing up on a dairy farm and being involved in our business as a teenager and into my early 20s while I was going to college. Um, but being a dairy farm owner or manager was not, was not a role for me. You know, um, I came to Washington, D.C. and have started an ag policy. And uh, I had an opportunity to move to National Milk and do ag policy for dairy. So I love doing ag policy. I really love doing ag policy for dairy because, you know, I'm dairy through and through. Uh, when people look at uh, my coffee in the morning here at National Milk, they look at it and it's very gray because it's about one-third coffee and two-thirds milk. <laughs> Um, and, you know, if we had an ice cream machine here, I'd probably have two or three um, uh, cups of ice cream a day. So, you know, it is just, it's my connection to the industry to, um, um, you know, give back to, some, to, to an industry that helped form who I am as a person. And uh, it's important for me personally to be able to give back in a manner that I can. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jamie Jonker, PhD, Vice President for Sustainability and Scientific Affairs. This has been Dairy Defined, and we will be talking to you on the next Dairy Defined in just a couple weeks. Thank you. Mm -hmm.